I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. The typical Faraday cage is an all-metal enclosure that is uh, grounded, and whatever is inside that environment is shielded from a wide range of natural and artificial electromagnetic fields that we have found ourselves being exposed to to move the mind state into a place of detachment that's not reacting to the stimulus, whether from the body feedback or from the external environment. That, everyone, is Mike Wright from Blue Room Enterprises, and the Blue Room is unlike anything I've ever done in my life, and I've done lots of stuff. I've owned float tank centers, I've done a whole bunch of fun things, and the Blue Room is truly unique. It's a Faraday cage with blue LED lights all the way around it, uh, mirrors enclosed in this giant octagon that you lay down in. There's also a period of UV, UVB exposure. And it's a Faraday cage. And, and what that means is it's protected from external EMF or really much of any sort of environmental exposure. And this is incredible. I mean, we talk about why this works, how this works. We talk specifically about what a Faraday cage is. You know, this falls for me into the category of as bizarre or strange or unusual as this may sound, it might actually work. When people who are going through chemo treatment say, yes, I feel better. I'm, I'm more receptive to the treatment because I've been doing the Blue Room. In a small study conducted with doctors, with veteran populations with PTSD, and they say that it helps with their PTSD, you have to look a little bit deeper. And because I am open to any and all modalities, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, man, uh, I was excited to talk to Mike. I tried it myself and I explained my experience, but the Blue Room is truly unique and you should go check it out. You can go to blueroom.com. That's B-L-U-R-O-O-M.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mike Wright. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Mike Wright at Blue Room Enterprises. Mike, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hi, Sean. Thank you very much. It's really nice to have you because I've been fortunate enough to actually experience the Blue Room. I want to start at the very, very base level. If you were explaining the blue room, the technology, the practice to a third grader, how might that sound? To a, an inquisitive third grader, I might say, have you ever wanted to go for a ride on a UFO and what would that be like? <laughs> Future high tech, take you out of your comfortable reality and put you in a wow sort of place that lets you completely detach from your ordinary environment and have a, a unique experience and suddenly it's all over and you've got missing time and you you feel pretty detached and you know you're still you, but you're not at all worried about whatever's coming next uh, because you just got back from elsewhere. Oh, well done. Yeah. Any, any third grader is going to be mind going to be blown. Could we talk a little bit about, could you maybe just now start explaining technically uh, how it's designed, how people use it and what's the application of the, of the therapeutic modality. Sure. This particular technology uh, was developed in 2015. Uh, we applied for a patent, which subsequently was approved. 
And uh, in the last six years, we've gone from one prototype to being in 14 countries. Right now, there's 45 different uh, active Blue Room services uh, in various countries and 10 more in construction. Uh, the Blue Room itself is 11 feet across. It's in an octagon shape. You walk in, you don't need to shower, you don't need to undress, you take your shoes off, you lay down on the couch, you can see one behind me there. Uh, you put on some eye protection to protect your eyes from the UVB component. The room itself is illuminated in blue LEDs. It's a high mirror steel uh, environment, walls and ceiling. So it's uh, got the infinite mirror reflectivity. In addition to the uh, blue LEDs, which are on for the whole 20 minute session, the UVB wall lamps uh, illuminate for the first portion uh, of the session. And that is progressive from three minutes up to nine minutes. And around the couch, it's creating a particularly unique atmosphere. There's also uh, music playing in the background, air circulation, and uh, audio tones that are played as well uh, to create a total environmental submersion that is uh, distinctly different from our ordinary everyday waking reality. Some of the metabolic side effects uh, that linger for 24 to 48 hours uh, include better sleep at night, reduced perception of pain. There's a uh, boost of vitamin D from the UVB lamps. There is a release of endorphins uh, from the uh, detached state of dropping down into theta state so quickly. So rather than the alpha state, which is our meditation state, or the beta brain state, which is our waking state of interacting and responding to the immediate physical environment through our senses, we drop down uh, the occupant into the theta state, which is that lucid, uh, detached awareness of a dream state, or even for some people, the out-of-body state. And uh, that's why there's no sense of time passing. And that's uh, the metabolic effect of that is the release of the endorphins and some other, uh, I'll say, uh, hallucinogenic uh, related uh, compounds that come through the endocrine system. Can you tell me a little bit about some of those psychedelic related uh, compounds released? Uh, well, the primary one that uh, we've seen is because your eyes are covered, uh, the brain in the pineal zone converts serotonin to melatonin. And because you're getting dropped into the theta state uh, in the brain waves, the melatonin gets synthesized into pinaline. So that's the primary one that is released in the body or, or transmuted. Uh, from the neurotransmitters and, and the uh, endocrine gland release throughout the uh, pineal, pituitary, and uh, thyroid and thymus. I'm familiar with the pineal gland, but I don't think I've ever heard the term pineline. Ah, well, P-I-N-E-L-I-N-E, pineline, just the way it sounds. Yeah, this is going to be so good. It, it really is like being inside of a spaceship. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see uh, see the background and actually get a, get an idea. I also posted on Instagram uh, not too long ago, and a lot of people had lots of questions when I posted. Uh, I'll post again and, and um, check it out in the show notes. I'll, I'll link to different images of, of both my Instagram experience and also to the websites and so forth. But um, there's so many different places we can go. This is near and dear to my heart, of course, because I was the founder of float centers and, you know, to bring people in, to get them out of their normal consciousness, 
to give them an experience and you're, you know, with the blue room, it's much shorter than the 60 minutes in a float tank, highly more involved. You have to get naked and shower and then get in and put the earplugs in. This is, this is much more turnkey, but that, that ability where I think we're aching for new experiences like this, that will relax us, that will, that will shift our consciousness and, and allow us to, to experience, you know, an altered state of consciousness in a very safe, very accessible way a lot of listeners will be familiar with the idea of a Faraday cage. Uh, okay. can, can you, can you sort of unpack, cause it is also a fair, a Faraday cage. Can you unpack what a Faraday cage is for everybody? Sure. Um, the typical Faraday cage is an all metal enclosure that is uh, grounded and whatever is inside that uh, environment is shielded from a wide range of natural and artificial electromagnetic fields that we have found ourselves being exposed to in the modern technological uh, city life or even suburban life these days. And originally they were designed to protect the sensitive electronics from uh, spikes in voltage or spikes in uh, current uh, like lightning strikes. Uh, also back in the 50s and 60s, there was concern about uh, during the Cold War of a nuclear electromagnetic pulse type weapon uh, detonated high up in the atmosphere and that uh, electromagnetic pulse could neutralize any uh, electrical circuit, electrical engine for a period of time and cause a great deal of difficulty to a whole country because it would bring down the power grid. More recently, of course, uh, some of the scientists that watch the solar cycles have been uh, giving warnings that uh, coronal, coronal mass ejections uh, from the sun could also create a similar type of spike incident. There was one that happened in the 1800s, back before the uh, growing industrial revolution that did cause uh, quite a bit of power failures across Europe where there were only uh, limited industrial power centers as opposed to uh, everybody and all of their modern technology. So there are concerns about that and that the US power grid as well as other countries uh, are vulnerable uh, and would be slow to get restarted if we experienced a, a solar mass ejection uh, at just the wrong time of the year when Earth's uh, defensive shields are not lined up to protect us. So a Faraday cage in everyday use is a way of protecting yourself from electromagnetic smog, uh, smart meters, cell towers, uh, on and on and on that um, have become prolific and pretty much in every, you know, every environment and every office place now that our bodies just haven't had time in the sense of evolution to adapt to. And so some of the symptoms that people experience of fatigue and headaches and nausea that they can't quite pin down to a virus or pin down to another biological source uh, could be symptomatic of excess exposure to electromagnetic smog. The Blue Room is designed to remove you from that everyday stimulus at the metabolic level, at the cellular level, and give you that respite from uh, the everyday environment so that your body can respond to a mind state that is more detached and not constantly swinging up and down with the electromagnetic power curve. I, we've done several episodes on EMF mitigation strategies, and I've always told people to unplug your Wi-Fi router when you go to sleep at night, you know, exactly. at, the, at, a, at a bare minimum, you know, put your phone in airplane mode. Um, and there's, 
you know, I've, I'm right here. I've got, you know, stickers that, that mitigate um, EMF from your phone and from your AirPods. One thing I'll just caution you on, on stickers and other types of device protection mm -hmm. is if you're not in airplane mode and you've got the sticker on, or you've got some of the other uh, devices that only makes the cell phone try harder to make contact with the tower to send a signal through what's, you know, dampening it. So some of those devices can just actually increase your exposure uh, inadvertently because the phone's trying hard to overcome and make that connection. So ah. um, airplane mode is always the best. If you're not actually actively using the device uh, for your purposes uh, and you don't have to be uh, on call, 24-7 for others to reach you, then consider using airplane mode. I, I want to stick with the Faraday cage idea just a little bit longer because there is historical use of people going into Faraday cages to relax or get therapy or just to feel more grounded. What are some of the, because we're going to, we're going to go into the blue room and, and the details and all that stuff too, of course, but who, who has used those? Why would someone want to go into one? Well, Prior to, again, the industrial era, people who wanted to get beyond their common everyday uh, stimulus response, uh, neurological, uh, I'll say unconscious reactions to the stimulus of the environment, sought out places in the wilderness, uh, caves deep underground. Mm -hmm. uh, they found a place to retreat from their ordinary environment so that they are less distracted and therefore open to more uh, subtle modes of perception until they could hone that skill of maintaining that contact before heading back into the marketplace. So it's, uh, it's a long human history of having a retreat of some kind on a regular basis, not necessarily every Sunday morning, but on some regular period of time to withdraw and uh, use other aspects or explore other aspects of our own uh, mental capabilities, our own spiritual capabilities that are innate within us uh, that have fortunately by some uh, scientific research been documented and mapped, uh, particularly uh, areas in the uh, midbrain, um, corpus callosum and, and the areas underneath that, that are receptive to uh, other signals that are in the environment, but with modern uh, technology are so overwhelmed by the constant noise that you can't easily pick out the signal without some sort of environment that you can retreat to uh, or some way to alter the brain's uh, metabolism in order to uh, pick that signal out of the constant noise stream that we're exposed to by the EMF pollution that we're in. Well explained, excellent. How is the blue room specifically grounded? Uh, it's grounded through the electrical system. Uh, the uh, plans come with its own uh, design for a, a sub panel so that uh, you use existing uh, electrical schematics, regardless of whatever your zoning is or wherever you're at, to, uh, to ground the system. And uh, that is then um, channeled into the, the regular uh, power source uh, for us, Puget Power. And, and local ground according to your electrical codes. So it's it's a built-in uh, default. And by using uh, a sub-panel, uh, the code typically says, here's how you ground it. And it's not something you need to make an extra special effort to, to ensure. Thank you to one of our sponsors and then right back into this episode.
This episode is brought to you by Waveblock. Waveblock makes the most highly effective EMF blocking stickers that you can possibly have. If you use AirBuds at all, you have to realize that those AirPods are basically like little modems transmitting signals to each other through your skull. Now, obviously they're convenient and they're awesome. They enrich the sound you're listening to, but you have to take protections against some of that EMF exposure. I have a podcast coming out with the founder, Ben Salem from Waveblock, and he explains in this episode how this stuff works so well, how these stickers, both on your earbuds and also on the back of your iPhone and to other products coming soon, actually decrease the amount of EMF exposure and Bluetooth signal that is just being absorbed by your skull and your brain. You can get 10% off if you go to waveblock.com and use the code OPP. You're about to find out in the episode coming about how this works on your phone too. Fascinating stuff. That's waveblock.com and use the code OPP for 10% off. I've spoken and, and used grounding mats. And I, and I think just for, for context, I'll just share with people that that little, <laughs> an outlet, when you plug something in the outlet, the little dot in the middle is actually a, a, a ground that eventually, if you follow it, goes actually into the ground. And, yes, and, 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 and I don't think that everybody knows that. I think that they, they may have a concept of it, but there's an actual rod that goes into the earth to 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 ground that energy actually practically in the ground you know i i know that there you know when i came and visited and and did my session and i'll talk about my experience a little bit later and, and also a little bit later we'll talk about the origin but i also i you know i'm curious about we talked about people some anecdotal information around people who are going through chemotherapy uh, in dealing with cancers who have used it and have reported to have better, uh, better responses uh, to chemotherapy. And, I, and, I, and that alone, that just that one thing for me is enough for us to have this conversation, right? I mean, that that's really compelling and I think really important. Um, so above and beyond, if you could just maybe start by telling everybody a little bit about the that's that specific application with cancer and what other sort of research and testing has gone into uh, to the blue room. Sure. So uh, first, I'll, I'll just make the usual disclaimer. <laughs> the blue room itself doesn't treat any physical condition. It's not a medical device. It can be used uh, by a a licensed healthcare provider and incorporated into their treatment protocol, certainly, but it's not a requirement because the focus of the technology, uh, the intellectual property, is to move the mind state into a place of detachment that's not reacting to the stimulus, whether from the body feedback or from the external environment. And that stasis point of the mind being in a detached neutral point of view where there's no uh, discomfort or greatly reduced pain perception, that improves the attitude. It improves one's sense of hope on the journey if it's a healing journey. And for uh, patients that we've had in our research facility who came with a cancer diagnosis, uh, many of them found that they would use the blue room uh, session first before going on to their chemo treatment or their radiation treatment uh, with their specialists. And our research physicians would keep in contact with the providers and get regular updates on the prognosis and, and the treatment progress. 
so that it becomes a, a support tool for the person whose body is uh, dealing with that particular uh, health challenge. And uh, one individual, uh, what she consistently found was every time she went from her blue room session down the street to uh, get her chemo, she was always in a good mood. She was cheerful. She was happy with the nursing staff and the IV mm -hmm. tech and the staff's like, why are you so happy? You've got cancer. You're getting chemo. She's like, well, you know, I'm just, I just feel okay right now. I'm not in any pain. And, and I'm very confident that, you know, what you guys are doing is going to help. So why should I worry? Mm -hmm. And, um, and just having that general sense of, uh, control over their own emotions and not getting on the hamster wheel of worry and concern and hope followed by disappointment, followed by despair. That goes a long way to maintaining a mental state that the body responds to. And it's not just placebo effect, it's a metabolic change. And uh, there have been other studies using other uh, adjunct or supportive methodologies, whether it's a deep meditation or deep relaxation. You mentioned uh, float tanks, uh, another good example, that that improves the mind state of the individual, which support what's going on in the body and allows the interventions and the treatments to be more productive. Yeah. You know, when you look at the work of Bruce Lipton or Dr. Joe Dispenza and the fact that attitude really does matter how your outlook your level of optimism your level of stress management going into you know invasive treatments like that is 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 a huge part of the success metrics because if you're if you're positive about it oh by gosh you know you're more receptive to the treatment you know you, you it's probably less less damaging if you're if you're coming at it from an optimistic place uh, and any other, any other either internal or external studies that have done, that, that have been conducted at any of the locations worldwide um, looking at the effects of the blue room? Well, we do have a number of uh, locations where they've tracked other uh, participants in, in their uh, journeys. Uh, we did a PTSD study with uh, 11 vets that was facilitated uh, at, a, at an office in Olympia, Washington. And um, the outcome was, well, one of the vets stopped coming because he had other issues to deal with at home, but uh, the remaining 10 who completed the series, all of them found improvements in their attitudes and in their daily life and reductions in, in their flashbacks and in reactions. Two of them were actually able to wean off their medication mm. uh, to the point of no longer needing the, the chemical support to maintain their improved uh, mental health state. Wow. So that was a, a, um, a preliminary study. And we've had a couple of queries from uh, major institutions that would like to replicate that on a larger scale. So we're working with a couple of universities to uh, see if we can get that uh, all sorted and grant funded and institutional review boarded and the formal, the formal programs that come after a preliminary pilot study. Sure. Yeah, that's a long process, right? It's a long, it expensive, <laughs> a long, pedantic, expensive process to do those sorts of studies. Wow, that's that's cool. I mean, to have two out of the thirteen um, wean off of their their medications that's a that's a huge deal. Very much so. And you know, given the fact that we're all working through this global mess, <laughs> you know, there's going to be lots and lots and lots of people who respond or resonate to 
alternative or holistic or integrative therapies like this, that, that man, there's going to be, there's going to be a real need for it for sure. Um, when I think about the elements of it, and, and again, we'll I'll talk about, talk about my experience in a little bit, and I've done all sorts of weird stuff, man. I've, I, <laughs> I haven't seen it all, but I've done a lot of strange, a lot of progressive, a lot of really interesting and effective uh, healing modalities and spiritual modalities. Um, when I think about the elements of this, right? So there it's, it's, it's an octagonal Faraday cage with the mirrors and the blue LEDs and the UVB and the music. And the fact that you're, you're on this bed, there is the sort of, there's the experience. I'm just thinking about the different variables, this combination of different, um, uh, environmental variables that go into it. What is the, what is the, is it the mix of these things that you think, or that, you know, is, is the thing that helps people like what, what is it do you, that you think is the, is the real, the real ma- magic is not <laughs> the real magic of this thing. Like why does it all work together? Uh, well, it is the synergistic combination it is a, an entire uh, environment that is created around the couch. Uh, you don't get the same experience if you're standing on the walls. Uh, so it's aimed and focused in that centroid area around the couch that is creating a, an, an environment that influences the brain. It influences the cells in the body, not just skin deep. Uh, but there is also reactions from the skin stores, for example, in addition to uh, creating the vitamin D uh, pre-molecule, uh, the pre-vitamin uh, through the skin stores from the UVB portion. There is also a release of nitric oxide from the, the skin stores and that it causes uh, vasodilation, which is a relaxation response. And it induces that deep detached state that is uh a tranquility that we rarely find in our everyday environment, unlike a hundred years ago, or even a, even 75 years ago, where you could get out into nature and, and be detached. Hmm. Um, but of course, a hundred years ago or 75 years ago, there were other issues dealing with just basic uh, economic survival needs. So even though we didn't have a, a high-tech environment, there were other stressors that challenged our uh, state of mental uh, detachment or peace. Mm-hmm. And so tranquility has been a, uh, a challenging environment to first find and then taking those experiences and learning how to adapt and maintain that tranquil state, regardless of the distractions, regardless of the challenges that you face. That's, um, that's a professional class mind athlete training. Yeah, here, here. I like, I like the word detachment. You know, I think maybe some people hear detachment and they may think that that, that because it's a negative thing, like, Oh, you you seem detached. But the fact of the matter is we need detachment so much right now. We are all attached. We're overly attached. We're, we're, we're dopamine junkies (laughs) all day, every day. I mean, most people now wake up, look at their screen, look at their phone, spend the day looking at the screen, working from home, looking at the computer, spend the evening looking at a television before they go to bed, where they go back to their phone. So we are constantly just like 
dope like just just chasing that dopamine dragon all day long look there's another little red dot i have to check the app somebody pushed me something it might be important exactly exactly (laughs) right maybe it's my ex-girlfriend from high school she wants to get back together no it's probably it's probably not it's that 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 detachment thing is it's so important and um i don't think i think it can't be underestimated so i yeah what is this kind of a, a, a bigger question? What is the mission of Blue Room? Huh. Well, we know that the future of, of health technology is not based in physical interventions of uh, drugs and surgery. And the science of uh, the use of acoustic and electromagnetics uh, as a intervention as a treatment therapy is actually quite well grounded in the literature and uh, science and medical science was headed that direction up until World War II. And right after World War II, there was a big shift into uh, the chemical interventions and, and the drug companies. So that's actually an aberration of the evolution of medical technology. And uh, certainly in the long run, as we're seeing right now, while uh, chemical interventions do provide a a quick respite in some fashion, uh, those oftentimes are focused on mm, ameliorating the effects rather than getting to the causes. And uh, so they get you out the door and Mm. they, they keep you coming back. Because uh, uh, you feel good when you take the pill, or you feel good when you take the liquid, or you take the IV, you feel better, or you feel less worse. Um, but because we are actually an electromagnetic body, and uh, much of much of the work that's being done right now in the realm of genetics and epigenetics, and you mentioned Bruce Lipton a bit ago, uh, he's certainly a, a leader in in that regard with his uh, seminal research. Uh, on signaling and understanding that it's not the hardware, the body, the cell, even the DNA, that's all hardware. Um, And you don't have to change the hardware. You got to learn how to upgrade the program, the software. And that's done either through uh, light technology, electromagnetics uh, in the light spectrum or acoustic technology in in the, uh, the audio tone ranges or musical. So that is going to be a, uh, an evolution of the current uh, pharmacological basis for uh, medical intervention. And the Blue Room, we're quite confident, is a, an early adopter and an early example of what will become the basis for much more rapid treatment and intervention in the decades ahead. Hmm. Well said. Well said. I totally agree. We've, we've addressed conversations on this podcast that include frequency and vibration, you know, pulse electromagnetic frequency. Yes. Um, like done a podcast on that using light, even circadian, like the sun, my goodness, using the sun, uh, establishing a, a healthy circadian rhythm. Uh, there's a device called the happy, uh, which uh, is a necklace that you wear that emits a frequency that mimics mimics a molecule uh, for a targeted emotional response like joy or sleep or there's even uh, there's even a, a setting in the happy that can make you feel drunk without drinking 
just fascinating. And I, and I, and I think you're right. I think we have to move toward energy, frequency, vibration, light to treat underlying causes, not just symptoms, because this ain't working, man. The allopathic system is just increasingly a letdown and people have to do the work. You know, you have to want to, you want to have to want to heal yourself. You have to want to get better and understand what's going inside, what's going on inside of you. What are these habits that are leading me to overeat and, and develop these, these chronic issues? What are the, uh, what are the sources of these of stress in my life? that are leading me to make these bad decisions and be in fire flight all the time. And I am with you. We should be exploring any and all therapies that don't include chemical ingestion in order to mask a symptom so that you can just go back to living the lifestyle that got you where you are. I don't remember the, who, whose quote it was. Um, uh, what was it? Like, uh, before you heal someone, ask them if they're willing to give up what made them sick in the first place. <laughs> A quick announcement from one of our sponsors and then right back into this episode. This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. Hormones are essential for optimal performance. Every year after puberty, your ability to create growth hormone decreases. And it doesn't matter how good your sleep is, how good your diet is, how fit you are. The fact is you can be experiencing chronic fatigue, body fat, low libido, poor sleep just from having your hormones out of whack. That's where BioPro Plus comes in. It's a 100% non-synthetic growth hormone supplement, and it will not shut off your own growth hormone creation, which means that you don't have to be on it forever and ever, like some testosterone replacement therapies. BioPro Plus is the type of product that Olympians have been using for decades and decades, and now it's available to you. All you have to do is go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. I've been using BioPro Plus for about six weeks now, and I feel more like myself than I have in a long time. I'm sleeping better, I have more energy, my mood has enhanced. I know that this product is gonna be a game changer for so many people. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. You know, from two for, from 2015 with this prototype, and, I, and of course I've been in there, I know that people bring their pets in there. I think that's a cool addition to it. I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen a couple of them. Why do you think that it got, what's the basis for the popularity to jump from 2015 in one location to now in how many different countries? Like what, what why do you think it became so popular so fast? Well, I think like you said, uh, oftentimes you'll have a guest on and then you'll try whatever it is that, that they're bringing to your audience. And uh, we work the other way around. We say, come on, try it out first, and then let's talk. And so people have their own experience first, and they don't have a uh, preconceived notion of what that experience is going to be like. Mm. Uh, there's no coaching involved. There's no sales involved. It's more try it. And if you like it, you'll come back. And yeah. if you don't like it, thanks for visiting. Yeah. So we're very detached about it. And people find that uh they have their own uh, validity uh, for themselves. Mm. And so we work with those people that, you know, find this particular technology valid for themselves. And then those who are willing to take the next step and open the business and use that business model to say, come on, neighbors, come on, folks, uh, you know, coffee bar person, 
hair salon person, chiropractor, just come on over and try it out. Take it for a test drive <laughs> and see what you think. And, uh, and then we'll talk afterwards. So we don't, uh, we haven't tried uh, to make a sale. We, uh, we let the experience uh, resonate with people and those people that it resonates with, they stick with it or they stick with it for a while. They get the value out of it and there's no hard sell on our part. And there's no trying to, you know, build some sort of, uh, of church of, of, of the blue that says, yes, this is the one true path. It's not, it, it works well for a lot of people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody uh, is going to find benefit from this. And if not, thanks for visiting. And we hope you find something that works for you. Mm. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding always, yeah. you know, if, if it works, it makes you feel good. Cool. Um, plus placebo, nocebo documented, undocumented anecdotal. Does, I mean, if it works, then it works. And if people find that it helps them live a happier life or are less likely to have, you know, the, the, the drudgeries of PTSD symptoms and flashbacks, uh, I say, go for it. Keep going. You know? I think the, the biggest, I'll say, uh, selling point, uh, and that I mean by, I mean, metaphorically, is that people walk out of the, the Blue Room session and they know something's different, mm. even if they can't quite identify what it is that's changed. And that afterglow lingers with them for hours sometimes a, a day or two, they, they've tuned into something that is their own internal uh, perception. And they know the source of it because they can remember before the Blue Room what it was like, uh, but they're not particularly concerned about it. And over you know a day or two, the initial effects begin to taper. And uh, then they decide, yeah, that, that was really good for me. I'm, I'm gonna schedule another session. So most folks who are regularly doing Blue Room sessions, either for a health, uh, health journey or if they're using it and they're already healthy for optimizing performance, like some of our athletes do, then they'll do two sessions a week. Uh, we have folks that maybe live farther away from a service that will come in over several days and bang out you know, three or four sessions back to back over the course of two or three days. You know, a big, big load up on that and, and have the after effects that carry with them for a couple of weeks then as their body begins to adapt to this new uh, mental, emotional, physical state. And that adaptation uh, takes time, but it's one that you can train the body into and you can train the mental state as well, just like any other skill. Yeah, when we were positioning the float tanks, the marketing message was, um, meditation, stress relief, sleep aid, recovery. And you know that you can feel it when you leave a float, you're in floating session, you come out and you're like, Whoa, man, I just feel really good. I feel really yeah. present. I feel really grounded. And that was my experience, you know? And when I did my session, you know, I, the position that I'm at as a uh, optimal performance, I mean, it's the name, the name, name of the game here for me. And having been a really high level athlete, um, you know, nearly lifelong meditator and, you know, purveyor of, of 
therapeutic modalities, I have to be skeptical. I, you know, I can't, I can't like, I can't just take your word for it or anybody's word for it, that this is the thing. Hey man, try this thing. It's amazing. It'll work. Like, so, so I have to be skeptical going into any of these experiences or in any of the products that, that people send me or books that they send me, I just have to be. And so when I, when we first connected and I decided that I was going to come down and check it out for myself, I had a healthy skepticism. I did not have very high expectations for my experience because it's, it's, it's a little bizarre. I mean, it looks amazing, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's off the beaten path. And the feeling that I had after my experience was this, this level of relaxation that you don't get from a cup of tea. You don't get it from a pharmaceutical. You don't get it from, um, you know, it, for me, it was even deeper than meditation. It was bodily. It was mentally, it was emotionally, it was spiritually grounded. It was, it was so relaxed. And I think you probably remember my face as I came out, you know, I was sort of like, whoa, wide eyed. And I almost felt like I was in slow motion a little bit on the way out. And I had to sit down because I was so, I was so relaxed. I felt so centered, so aligned. And I did, I did my thing in there. I took some pictures and I meditated and I, you know, I relaxed. I really got, got into it. And I was, I was really impressed. I was not expecting to feel that I was, I was, I was expecting for it to be fun and interesting, you know, uh, but not as effective as it was. And my session was what, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. What, why, why, why is the timeline 20 minutes? Is that just, just enough minimum effective dose? Minimum effective dose. Now it's, it's enough to get to that state consistently for 95% of the participants, their first time out, uh, people that are really digging deeper, like you talk about optimal performance as a, as a high level athlete, um, they might uh, eventually work their way up to back to back sessions uh, to extend their time in that, um, in that deep state. And especially if they're traveling for some distance and they're going to do uh, a concentrated session uh, several days in a row. But even so, uh, the extended sessions aren't a necessity. They, we have found consistently that more is not better in any one session, hmm. but that more regularly is. So three times a week instead of two times a week, if somebody's got uh, high optim op optimization goals or they have the luxury of uh, the time to come do that uh, if they're on a healing journey and uh, have the resources to uh, get to a center. So, but there are people that have, you know, handy access to it that they can do it every day. And uh, I did, since I am on the facility myself, and I love to experiment on my own body. I, I did, you know, daily sessions for a couple of years. Hmm. And there came a point where I just, just knowing that my scheduled session was coming up and my mind and my body are already starting to make that transition. Hmm. And I can feel the physical relaxation and sort of the, the mental, uh, you said centering, that's a good word. Um, and just moving into that date while in my business office environment and answering phone calls and just the association of my sessions almost here was enough for the body to start making the metabolic shift to sustain that state even mm -hmm. longer. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we in the business, I mean, the parallels to floating is, 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 continues to be interesting. We, we call that relaxation recall. You know, you can, yes. when you put yourself in that state, when you know that this is something that you're going to go do, it's comforting, it's relaxing. And that beats the hell out of a, you know, a Xanax. I mean, to be, to, to be able to look forward to this thing, I'm, t- I'm going to take a minute to take care of myself. I'm going to go do this thing. That's going to feel good and be relaxing. Um, that's it. There's, that's huge. That's, that's massively powerful. Improves your life, makes you a happier person, makes you a better husband, a better dad, a better brother, a better uh, human being. I, I want to describe a little bit more my experience and just the sheer novelty of the design of it. It looks and feels like an art basil installation. <laughs> when you're in, when you're on the table on the bed, you're looking up, you know, everybody's, everybody's, you put two mirrors together, you know, you, you face mirrors toward it and you step in between and you turn your head and you can see, you know, a trillion views in the reflection and the mirrors bouncing back and forth. That same effect happens, but it's upward because there's mirrors all around. So it looks like you are in the middle of this infinite blue portal. Yes. And that is such a staggering and fascinating experience to feel like you're in a spaceship, to feel like you are in this, this cosmic blue wormhole portal womb, however you want to call it. It's, it's unlike anything I'd ever experienced. And like I said, I've done a bunch of weird stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, did I miss, did I leave anything out? Any other details about the experience that, that you think are worth noting? Uh, I, I think you touched on something that is a uh, is a beneficial side effect that you you explained it really really well because most people they have that experience as they're coming into the blue room and settling in, but then they don't remember that they had that you know insight uh, because there's so many other things going on and by the time they walk out they're just so totally chill that you know they they don't really have the analytical recall of the whole experience until maybe several sessions later. Uh, But I have seen people start to step into the blue room chamber and as they step in, they're looking down and suddenly they realize it looks like they're stepping into infinite space. He's like, Whoa, is there something to step on? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. Mike, what else is, what else is relevant to this to this conversation, to this exploration into this technology? Where, where, what, what else is really important to be mentioned? Well, obviously, from a business perspective, we're still looking for businesses to expand the, um, the reach of the technology, the outreach, and uh, we offer a licensing arrangement rather than a franchise. So businesses can add it as a, a wellness tool, a wellness adjunct, or they can add it into a clinical practice. And we're always interested in speaking to businesses. Uh, our website is blueroom.com, B-L-U-R-O-O-M.com. So there's no E. And uh, we have a locator there for people that are wanna go try out uh, a Blue Room somewhere nearby. Right now there's, uh, we're in seven states. A couple of places have closed temporarily uh, due to COVID, but they'll be back up and running again once that has uh, moved through its uh, iteration. And so the global locator is located is on our website on the navigation tab at the top. There's a number of testimonials as well for a wide range of uh, 
health issues. And again, I'll just uh, emphasize that it's not designed to treat any one particular physical issue because we work with the mind of the individual and uh, get that mental state of tranquility or detachment, regardless of their physical emotional state. And it's a way to support uh, the reprogramming of the body and, and the emotional mental uh, hookups uh, that our everyday reactive mind some, sometimes gets entrenched in. Is, is there anybody that shouldn't use the Blue Room? Oh, gosh. Uh, I haven't come across that uh, issue before. And our scientists, excuse me, our physicians haven't really said this is not good for these people. Uh, we've had uh, folks in their 80s and 90s use it. We've had uh, pregnant women use it. We've had moms with their infants use it. People with their pets, as you mentioned. Uh, we actually do have a veterinary model that's half scale uh, just for animals alone. But uh, for most locations, they may accept people bringing their pets in. Uh, young kids use it when they're old enough to feel comfortable to go in by themselves or they go in with a parent. So um, the environment itself, uh, there's no uh, medical limitations on it. People with pacemakers are fine. And um, so as long as you can get into the couch and get out again, uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity. Yeah. I, I, my, just my curiosity has compels me to ask this. Um, do you know of anyone? And if you can say pass, if you want, but do you know anyone that's, that's ever taken psychedelics and then gone into the blue room? <laughs> I don't know of anyone who has, I've had people ask about that, uh, yeah. as well as, uh, use the blue room mixed with other, uh, types of uh, technology. Our general recommendation is, uh, not to mix and match inside the Blue Room. What I have found is most uh, psychedelics uh, from alcohol to ayahuasca and others, they are a chemical stimulant to the brain uh, that the Blue Room and meditation can activate in a natural fashion that keeps you in the driver's seat rather than becoming a passenger to what you've mm -hmm. consumed. So uh, there's no hard letdown and there's no uh, weary side effects or after effects because there is no uh, metabolic overstimulation. The body is really good at self-regulating uh, when it's environmental signals that it's used to dealing with, even though it's an environment that we haven't found ourselves in uh, everyday modern society. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ask. It's just the... <laughs> sure. Ask. sure. No, in fact, we tell our... We tell our people, uh, our licensees, you know, don't advertise this as a way to find God with ayahuasca or other hallucinogenics. Yeah. Let people do that some other weekend. Yeah. Come visit the Blue Room, check it out first, you know, give yourself a, you know, a, a clean first experience of it. And yes. then if you want to experiment, buy your own Blue Room, put it in your basement. Yeah. And, uh, nice. don't, don't advertise it. <laughs> right. Yeah. We said the same thing with float tanks. Don't, don't, don't mess around. Like go take this seriously, be present with this, be in your body, be in your mind, be in your heart, be in your soul going into this. It's, I mean, frankly, it's, it's, strange enough you know it's it's uh <laughs> it's strange enough that's yeah. well said <laughs> <laughs> oh man well um fascinating fascinating stuff you know I, I think the thing one of the things that resonates most with me is the idea that you, you know there's a buckminster fuller quote that i always butcher which is you know in order to make 
better systems or progress. Oh, I really should just have this committed to heart. It's you have to build better models. You can't, you can't fight against current models. You have to build better models that replace the pre-existing ones. And from Bucky balls and fullerenes and does, you know, secret geometry. If we're going to move beyond this chemical dependency, which is in my mind, a crutch, it's, it's, it's starting to be clear that what we're doing isn't really working. It's not keeping people healthy. It's not really helping them. We have to innovate and build new things and try new things and experiment. And so to that end, to hear you say that the future of medicine, the future of therapy, of, of health optimization is uh, stuff like this, UVB, Faraday cage, you know, the mirrors, the blue lights, that in and of itself is, is so worthy of, of attention and conversation because that, I'm, I agree with you, it is, it is the future of, of health. Uh, Mike, why blue? Why not purple or pink like the lights behind me? What, what, is, it, what, is, what is it with blue? The, the blue frequency is very specific. It's uh, at the top end of the visible spectrum, and it is uh, related to uh, the violet and the ultraviolet realm beyond that. But those uh, frequencies are beyond our visual uh, perception. And we don't see in those frequencies uh, nearly as well as we see from blue on down to red. So it is the uh, highest frequencies that our eyes can perceive clearly. And it is a portion of the visible spectrum that we are not really exposed to in this format. There used to be a health concern when uh, all of the screens were very blue uh, in their light. It was a white light that was cold because it allowed for a sharper, um, sharper imagery. It allowed for a sharper uh, presentation of the text. But when people were using screens well after sunset, it disrupted the circadian rhythm. So uh, we don't do blue room at night. Mm. Uh, it's not going to uh, adversely affect your sleep patterns because there's a lot more going on than just the blue LEDs. And it's not the same sort of uh, blue light problem that was uh, of concern five, 10 years ago before screen manufacturers added the uh, uh, afternoon and evening warming to, to all of the uh, screen tones. So that was a passing issue that technology has sorted out. The natural uh, cycle, as you talked about the circadian rhythm, the natural cycle, if we were living outside like our grandparents did, is you have a redder light at dawn and dusk and you have a sharper blue light at midday. And at midday is also the only time of day that you get the UVB from the sun because the atmosphere filters it out uh, morning and evening and early, early afternoon and late morning. So only around the noon hour, plus or minus an hour uh, locally is when you get a UVB from the sun. And that is actually a far more beneficial source of, um, of UV than UVA that you get the rest of the time, uh, which is actually the particular portion of the spectrum that causes the skin issues. So we use UVB, not UVA. It's not a tanning salon. Yeah, right. No. Yeah. I'm glad you spoke to that because, and, and to hear that you're not doing it at night, 
in my mind substantiates the practice a bit because I've, I've done podcasts on blue blocking glasses and the har- harmful blue light and screens. And so I know a ton about that stuff. And so do the listeners of this podcast. So to hear you Great. say, yeah, we just don't do it at night. It's like, Oh, they get it. They got it. He's got it. They've thought about that already. Well, Mike, this has been a fascinating, fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed, um, exploring this modality with you. I really enjoyed my experience. I'm excited to, to share this episode with people. You've already given us the details of, of where and how uh, we can find it. So I'm going to end with uh, the final question, which is a fill in the blank question specifically designed to catch you off guard. So uh, this can be based on anything and everything that you know, it doesn't have to be specific to the blue room, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing Everyone would benefit from knowing that they're in control, that they have the power within them to affect their life, and that every cell in their body listens to every thought that they have all the time. Beautiful. I love that. I love you. I I love you. (laughs) I just said I love you. I. I, (laughs) Awesome. That's the first time I've ever done that. I like that a lot, Mike. I really do. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Mike Wright, everybody. So cool. Such a great episode. You know, I think that some of these out-of-the-box, off-the-beaten-path technologies are so beneficial to so many people. And if we just drop our assumptions and our judgments around uh, how some of these things are used, if it's a little bit strange, a little bit weird, it if it works, it works. I mean, I open float tank centers, you know, laying around in Epsom salt water in the dark happens to be incredible for you. And uh, the research that I think is going to be coming out of uh, the Blue Room and their doctors and their research team is probably going to surprise you because it's obvious that that it really works for, for people. Uh, I just want to say thank you for going on this journey with me. You know, if you're still listening now, I you're, you, you, you're important to me. <laughs> you are. I really appreciate you. I'm so thankful that you're here every single week. If you have not subscribed yet to OPP, please do. Just click on the subscribe button. It really helps the algorithms uh, with ranking and so that this podcast can get in front of of more people. And also, if you feel so compelled, if you have never left a review, uh, now would be a really great time because uh, there's more and more podcasts out there, which is awesome. And I want the cream to the rise to the top. I want this episode, this podcast to reach as many people across the world as it possibly can. And uh, uh, your help with the review on whatever platform it is that you're listening helps immensely. So thank you. Um, Bless you. I love you. I'll see you on the internet.